This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Time is the enemy of cybersecurity. Time spent identifying devices that are missing endpoint agents with known vulnerabilities that are unmanaged and need updates. Time spent identifying cloud instances that aren't being scanned and that are misconfigured. Time spent gathering asset data. Time was the enemy of cybersecurity until Axonius. By connecting to existing data sources, customers get a comprehensive asset inventory, understand security gaps, and automatically validate and enforce security policies. Check them out by visiting axonius.com. Thank you, Axonius, for sponsoring this episode. Hacker Valley Season Blue is back. This season is themed Know Thyself, where we'll be exploring the essentials, the fundamentals of cybersecurity. This season is full of wisdom from experts in and out of our industry. But Chris and I are gonna kick off this season with a conversation between the two of us, talking about our experiences in cybersecurity and how to know thyself. This episode and the entire season is completely available and ready for you to consume. Can't wait for you to listen. Let's jump right into it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. And we are kicking off Hacker Valley Blue season. Which season of Hacker Valley Blue is this? This is Know Thyself. It's all about knowing yourself, knowing your team, knowing the business. Uh, Sansu said, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, no need to fear the results of a hundred battles. And what that means to me is that we focus a lot of our time knowing the enemy. We talk about threat intelligence. We talk about looking at the threat landscape, the threat environment. But we don't often talk about knowing yourself, knowing your security stack, knowing your security posture, knowing your crown jewels, all of these things that are important about knowing yourself in order to win those battles. That's a lot of moving targets, threat intelligence, understanding your organization, crown jewels. I have a quote for you also. My quote <laughs> is from Michael Jordan. When I was young, I had to learn the fundamentals of basketball. You can have all the physical ability in the world, but you still have to know the fundamentals. I believe that all of the pieces that you just mentioned about knowing the business, knowing thyself, is built around also knowing the fundamentals of those components. You mentioned fundamentals, and I mean, it's analogous to so many things we talk about on the podcast. We talk about martial arts. We talk about chess. If you understand the fundamentals, it's really the masters that understand the fundamentals of these respective games. Like in jujitsu, you can know the fundamentals to a great degree and be a great black belt. But if you don't know the fundamentals and you try to do all that fancy stuff, it might look cool in practice, but in practicality, you're going to get your butt kicked. <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes when I go to the gym, I see people doing some really cool stuff with their body. And I'm like, hmm, should I do that or should I focus on building that, that core, building the foundation of what I know? 
it's almost analogous to what I seen when I first made my way into cybersecurity. I saw some of the best hackers doing seemingly some of the best exploits. But what I decided to focus on instead was getting laser sharp with understanding computer networking, understand how computers speak to one another, understand how the business works, how leadership can be effective with making everything easier for myself. So I took a non-traditional path of just not being such a technical uh, guy and learned more about the fundamentals of how all of these things are built. You know, you're right, because, you know, when we get into cybersecurity or we even are interested, everybody wants to hack. Like, I don't want to understand IP addresses. I don't want to know <laughs> asset management. What is that stuff? That That's that's not cool. I want to do the hacking stuff. But it's really those fundamentals. It's asset management. It's understanding what's in your environment that really allows you to do that extra stuff, to do the the more advanced tactics. So from your perspective, like, how do we get people more involved and excited about getting some of that base level stuff done. Because I, I do feel like when I come into an organization or we start to build an organization from the ground up, the fundamentals is what comes to me first. We got to get this stuff covered because if we don't, if we don't cover our bases, if we don't understand what's in our environment, if we don't understand how everything's architected, that's when you run into a lot of trouble because then you start to bring in solutions that aren't going to fit your environment. You start to bring in things that you don't even necessarily need because you need to focus on the fundamentals, the basics. You need to understand yourself first before you enter into these battles. So how do you get people more excited about knowing themselves, about knowing their organization? It's a tough question to answer. Uh, and I'm excited to have Marcus Carey on this season of Hacker Valley Blue because yes. he is someone that I look up to that is all about building on the fundamentals. Something that he has shared in the past has been organizations, teams, companies sweeping bad practices under the rug. And this is such a huge issue because when you ignore the fundamentals, when you ignore knowing thyself, everything around you is going to become more difficult. Everything will become more rigid. You're going to have more challenges, more incongruencies with your team. And I think one thing that we can all get excited about when looking at knowing thyself and focusing on the fundamentals is making your life a little bit easier. It's almost like when you think about your daily ritual, maybe you wake up at a certain time and you have your coffee at a certain time. If you do these things right and you do these things with, with consciousness, then you can make everything throughout your day better. I think it's just like that with cybersecurity. If you focus on what is going to help your organization, not just what is going to help you and your career or, you know, maybe your, your wallet, but focusing on how can I make an impact for the business? If you make an impact for the business, you're going to learn something as a result. You're going to have a positive outcome as a result. So I think it's all about understanding that doing the right thing, not sweeping the issues under the rug is going to be what motivates people to constantly make the right decision. I'm super excited to talk to Marcus. He holds everyone accountable and in a loving way because he cares. He cares about the community. He cares about cybersecurity in general. So I can't wait to talk to him. I also can't wait to talk to Lenny Zeltzer. Uh, Lenny Zeltzer is at Exonius, which is the incredible sponsor for this entire season. And he's going to be talking about asset management. And I know people are probably thinking like asset management, that's not fun. But how <laughs> are you going to protect what you don't know that you have? 
So I think that's such a, a huge component of knowing thyself. What are the systems you have inside your organization? What are the applications? What service packs do you have inside your organization? Because then you can understand vulnerabilities better. You can react to those vulnerabilities more quickly. You can protect your infrastructure in incident response when you know what you have, you know what it's connected to, you know where data goes to and from. All of this stuff is super important when it comes to knowing thyself, knowing thy team uh, from a business perspective. Where would you say is the best place to begin? You know, I think we're in, inundated with information and technology, especially in cybersecurity. Where do you begin to know thyself? You, you mentioned asset management. Would you start there or would you start somewhere else? I think I would start with asset management because that will tell you a lot of things. It'll tell you what technologies you have inside your organization. So these each of these technologies has its own attack surface. So then you can have controls built around those attack surfaces. Also, I think along with asset management, there's some categorization of those crown jewels or critical assets. So what are the most important things that you want to protect? I think that's a part of asset management. And so that if something funky is going on with any of those assets, you want to respond as quickly and aggressively as possible in order to stop the bleeding, stop the APT, whatever it is. So I think asset management is really where you start. What would you say? I would generally agree with asset management. One thing that I would also consider before that is focusing on your strengths, doubling down on your strengths, you know, knocking out the components that you think that you are strong in could be enabling certain security controls like two-factor authentication. It could be introducing a security policy that promotes your users to do the right thing. I think focusing on your strengths and augmenting your weaknesses, maybe with a consultant, a new hire, or even a vendor is a great way to go, especially if you don't have a lot of resources. You know, we're talking a little bit about the team, a little bit about the security stack, or maybe even the, the technical environment of the business. But what about the business at large? We talk about how cybersecurity is really a support structure for the business. We talk about my Formula One analogy. And for those who haven't heard my Formula One analogy, it was a couple years ago, I had just started at Netflix and they came out with this series called Drive to Survive. It was all about Formula One. Formula One is those crazy looking cars that are really close to the ground. And those cars are multi-million dollar projects. There's so much research and development that goes into developing these cars. They talk about the drivers. There's only between 20 and 22 drivers on the Formula One circuit. So all these top drivers are vying for these top spots. They talk about the teams and there's like team dynamics. There's like one team's beefing with the other team. There's all kinds of crazy drama that's going on. But what really struck me and really like solidified how I think cybersecurity should support the business was looking in the pit. And the pit isn't just the folks that are taking on and off the tires. The pit is also the, the folks that are monitoring the gauges. They're monitoring the health of the car. So they could tell the driver, hey, the tires are running a little raw, bring it in for a pit stop. Engine's running hot, we need to take a look at it. Axle seams off, let's bring it in, right? They look at all this stuff. They tell the driver how hard and fast they can push the car to make it to that next position or even take the lead. And so that's what we should be doing as cybersecurity practitioners. 
a lot of the times they look at us as the department of no, but really what we are is we are that pit crew that tells the business how fast and how hard, how innovative they can push the business without taking undue risk and take us out of the race. So when I think about knowing the business, that's what the lens in which we are looking at the business through, that of the enabler, not the, hey, you can't do that business mindset. So when you know your business, you understand what the business is trying to do. I think you're more apt to make good decisions on the behalf of the business. Something that I wanted to talk to you about is leadership. I think leadership is a core component of knowing thyself as a individual, as a leader, or even as a practitioner. If you are managing the business or managing even a team, you really have to get clear on leadership. You have to get clear on your message. You have to get clear on your strategy. You have to get clear on your vision. What are some of the ways that you think leaders can excel in this game of cybersecurity and knowing thyself? Yeah, so leaders are the coaches of whatever team that they're leading, and they know where to put the people in the best spot to be the most effective, to be the most efficient. So really understanding your teammates, understanding their strengths, their weaknesses, and being able to put those people and motivate them in a way to do the best work for the business, for the security team for themselves is really going to be where, where that is important. Good leaders know their team really, really well. And that's part of knowing thyself, uh, knowing the backgrounds, knowing the cultures, knowing all these different components of their team gives them additional data points in order to make decisions, to make movements. I'm sure anybody listening to this has been in a reorg like a complete reorg, whether they were moving the security team underneath the IT team or any kind of other craziness. And all of that is a part of strategy. But when you run into trouble is when the leader doesn't necessarily understand either the missions nor the people of the folks that are involved. But when you have that holistic picture and you really understand, you can step back and you can see all these players and how they, they move then you can make strategic decisions to make things more efficient, more effective. It's just like chess. If you understand what each piece does and you know a strategy behind it, that's how the pieces can play together. But if you just know, oh, this piece does the L move and this piece moves diagonally and you just kind of move haphazardly, that's when you get into trouble. Because if you're going up against somebody that's experienced, you're going to lose. But if you really understand and you can strategize knowing those folks, that's when you can win. I love the fact that you mentioned chess as an analogy. And I think you might have mentioned this in previous episodes, can't recall exactly, but there was a situation that was described. Cybersecurity is a lot like playing a game of chess. You are playing a game using pieces, and these pieces might be your security controls, your policies or guidelines, but your opponent is someone that's using the same things but not playing by the rules. Right. And one of the amazing things about working in cybersecurity is you have to continually up your game. You have to be able to face this opponent that's not playing fairly. But along the way, we get burnt out. We, we start to attempt to cover all of the bases. We try to secure everything, endpoints, servers, our network, um, even infrastructure that may not be ours. I think a lot of the times when we get to this point of burnout, it's because we don't really know thyself. We don't know the areas that we're passionate about. We don't know the areas that we can 
use our superpowers in. For me personally, my superpower is being a creative solution strategist. But I've also been told that one of my superpowers is awareness, being aware of the things that I can help with, being aware of what I want to do with my time, my career, and even with my organization. And I think part of knowing thyself and part of the problems that a lot of practitioners face is not asking for help, Mm -hmm. not augmenting some of that work like I was just describing, not uh, working with the right people, hiring the right team. What does that mean for you to have awareness in cybersecurity? Awareness is such a huge thing across the board, not even just in cybersecurity, just having awareness of myself and how I learn. So I've never been the best student, the traditional student, the student that sits in the classroom, takes notes, goes home, does their homework, studies for the tests. I procrastinate all that stuff. And I'm not telling anybody out there to do that. <laughs> That's just how I operate. I, I don't like sticking to schedules and learning like that. I love being able to learn on my own. I love taking on a project myself and then diving deep into that project. I get unbelievably focused and I start to, to go through the nooks and crannies of whatever that subject is. And in a very short amount of time, I've amassed the knowledge of what might take somebody two years uh, in, a, in a traditional scholastic setting might take. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but <laughs> just for the most part, I am able to go deep. So for instance, like this, this podcast stuff, I went deep for, I don't know how long, I mean, it's been two years at this point, but I have continued to go deep looking at the nuances of podcasting, everything from the production to the interviewing, to how do we market and how do we reach the people that care about the message that we're trying to deliver. I've gone through all of these things to a great degree. And I'm looking at philosophy, I'm looking at theory, I'm looking at people that have come before me. I just focused on all of this stuff so deeply that I learned a lot and we've learned a lot together. And so that's why I think that knowing thyself knowing that I don't learn as well in a traditional, because I could have just signed up for a podcast course, which could have been cool and given me some of the basics. But I feel like that self-exploration, that self-discovery, that path that I've chosen to go down and create, and I can read this book or I can take this class or I can read that article, that's how I learned the best. And so knowing thyself and knowing how thy learns, that's where I think that you can start to step into cybersecurity with a little bit more confidence. Because if you learn differently, like maybe those boot camps work really well for you because it forces you to concentrate in a short amount of time, but maybe they don't. Maybe you're a bite-sized person. You want to learn a little piece here, a little piece there, and you want to go practice. You learn a piece here, a piece there, go practice. So really understanding how you learn is going to make you more effective in cybersecurity. That is one topic that is not spoken about enough, and that is learning. We've had so many guests on the podcast. We're going to have quite a few on this season, and everyone has their own way of learning, of internalizing data. For me, one of the things that I didn't realize until later in life is I didn't know how to learn. I had to learn how to learn, and that was an amazing experience for me in general. It it taught me a lot, so there's a few things that come with memorization. There's recording information, there's retaining information, and then there's recalling information. And these are the three R's of memory. I realized when I was learning about these concepts 
that I couldn't recall a lot of things. I could record information. I could somewhat retain it, you know, but when I needed to recall information, it wasn't readily available. And this directly affected my cybersecurity career. There were situations that I was in. There was meetings that I was in where I was asked for information and I was unable to recall it. I was unable to go to that memory bank and get the information out. And then there's been other other situations where I couldn't record information. I was learning the wrong way. You were just describing learning by practice, learning by example to be the best mechanism for you. For me, it's all about taking notes. If I write anything down, there's a really good chance that I'm going to remember it. I'm going to be able to you know, have a note for it later so I don't have to just use my, my memory as a whole. But I can also use that kinesthetic part of my handwriting and start to record that information better. It's the same for cybersecurity. We are constantly learning and we're constantly teaching. If you're able to record, retain, and recall information, you're going to have a very successful and long career. When we talk about like knowing thyself, you were talking about how you learned how to learn, but how do you learn what you like? Like when, when you got into cybersecurity, it seemed like it was just like almost instantaneous for you. But for some, I'm sure it's going to take a little bit more exploration for them to find that facet of cybersecurity that's interesting for them. For me, it was threat intelligence. That's what got me in because I was a philosophy student. I love philosophy. I love logic and argumentation. I love piecing the story together and coming up with assessments. That's what really got me interested in cybersecurity and all of that stuff. So what would you say to to the folks out there that are trying to find that thing that's interesting in cybersecurity for them? How do you find that, that interest and that passion for yourself? Well, we've built a framework called Exist. And the EX <laughs> is for explore, the I is for immerse, the S is for study, and the T is for translate. And the explore part of Exist is at the very top. And that's for a reason, because you have to explore many facets of an idea, a piece of technology, or even parts of your career to really understand what you like. So I was really obsessed with computer networking. I, I loved everything about it. When I learned that you can get paid for breaking into computer networks, I was even more excited. I was like, this <laughs> is it. This is everything for me. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But after a certain point, breaking into enough networks, you know, being a consultant for long enough, it became boring. It, it wasn't as fun. It wasn't as exciting anymore. So I pivoted into building tools. I started focusing on building threat intelligence tools and trying to build tools on automation. And this was, again, something I was obsessed with. I thought it was it. I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And now I'm in a new phase where I love doing the automation. I love painting the pictures like you were describing. But now I, I'm more interested in telling the story. I want to tell the story of cybersecurity. I want to tell it through the voice of our podcast guests. I want to tell it through the voice of, you know, my organization. I want to tell it through the voice of other leaders and mentors in the field. So right now I'm really obsessed with storytelling. I'm doing everything in my ability to get better at it. It's going to be a long journey. Hopefully this journey and the flame will be lit for quite some time. But it's really about the exploration. It's about the immersion. It's, it's about the studying process and then teaching people, talking about it, translating those ideas into language. 
I'm so glad you brought up storytelling because Chani Sims has an incredible story, and I'm not going to ruin it for everybody by trying to tell her story. Uh, we're going to bring her on, and she's going to talk about her story, and I would love to hear how her story transitions into cybersecurity because it seems like worlds apart, but I'm sure there's some connective tissue that's there that we're not seeing quite yet. So I, I'm super excited to talk to Chani and just hear how that transition happened, because I'm sure that's going to be super impactful and inspirational for a lot of the listeners out there. We also have some teachers on this season of Hacker Valley Blue. We have Jamie and Aaron. They published a report on chaos engineering. And this is a topic that I'm not overly familiar with because I haven't had a, a lot of opportunity to test theories. I haven't had a lot of opportunities to break down theories. They are coming on as kind of my teacher. I'm able to learn from them. I'm excited to share that content with the world and talk more about chaos engineering. I think that you had some experience with that at Netflix, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's kind of like one of the birthplaces of chaos engineering because Aaron, he actually worked with the Netflix team for a little bit of time. I, I think this is before my time there at Netflix, but Chaos engineering is super important because chaos injects exactly that chaos into your infrastructure in a safe way to see how your redundancy is, see how your resilience is uh, within your, your organization. So it will turn things off and checks your load balancers and things like that. So chaos engineering is super important, especially for those companies that are going to be moving into the the cloud networking, more of the cloud native infrastructure. That's where it's going to become more easy to, to understand a lot of that chaos engineering stuff. You can do chaos engineering with legacy equipment, uh, legacy networking, but as you're making those transitions, you want to understand just how resilient your infrastructure is. So I cannot wait to have that conversation with them. I feel like we do a bit of chaos engineering ourselves just by working in production environments, but also <laughs> by doing live streams. We sometimes put ourselves in the hot seat. We bring up random topics, sometimes planned. Sometimes we like to improvise. And one of the other ways that we're doing a bit of chaos engineering is, again, it's the storytelling, but we're even exploring new ideas. I think it's part of being a communicator, you know, telling stories. But one of the things that you're really interested in that you're going to get us all to do is a bit of comedy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> That's a tough one because I feel like comedy personally, and this is just my opinion, comedy is one of the toughest things you could do from a public speaking standpoint. One of the toughest things because your job is to stand on stage, tell a story, and not only just tell a story with conviction and with confidence, but tell it in a way that makes it funny for everybody in the crowd. I am in, in awe of the comedians that can stand up on stage for an hour and have you laugh from beginning to end. I feel like that's a, a skill set that not everybody uh, needs to, to cultivate. But if you have the wherewithal, if you have the interest, if you want to push your public speaking, your speaking in general to the next level, I'd invite people to just give it a shot. Go to an open mic night and uh, do a, a tight five. <laughs> and it's not going to be tight because I did my my first stand-up uh, comedy stint with my brother in L.A. Uh, and that was 
tough. It was super <laughs> tough. And I didn't have everybody on the ground rolling around laughing. I got some chuckles and they, they said I did pretty good, but it's, I put myself out there. And so I, I'll tell the story real quick. Well, when we went to LA, me and my brother, we were just having a brother's trip and we had planned to go to this comedy school where it was kind of, you know, almost like a softball comedy experience where you're with people that are going to cheer you on and and not judge you too harshly. But we went there and we got dropped off and it was closed. And I said, oh my gosh, we did all this work this week trying to piece together this, this comedy bit. We have to do this today. And so we were looking around, looking around on, on our phones, trying to find a co- comedy club that was open. And there's the Ha Ha Comedy Club there in LA. And we found that it was open. When we pulled up to the comedy club, the first thing I noticed was all of the comedy greats that had done comedy at that club. I mean, you're talking about like folks like Jamie Foxx and, you know, different different comedy legends uh, that, that did comedy at this club. And so I started to get nervous. And me and my brother, we went to McDonald's and it was the most quiet McDonald's meal of our life because we we knew we were stepping into something real. It wasn't the same softball comedy school that we were going to go to. This is a real comedy club. And so we just sat and thought and like, hey, we're, we're just going to do this, man. We're just going to focus. We're going to do our best. We're going to go in here and make it happen. And we stood up on stage. And the thing that was crazy is it wasn't just folks that were there to listen to comedy. It was also other comedians like polished veterans of comedy, people that were working on their sets for bigger stages. And we were there amongst all of them. And they knew it was our first time. They could just smell it. They smelled the newbie blood. And me and my brother, we went up on stage uh, without fear and, and we delivered. And the reason why I was able to stand up on stage and deliver that is because I knew in myself that I had confidence in my speaking ability. Did I have confidence in my comedy ability? Absolutely not. I had no idea how it was going to go one way or the other. But we, what we want to do is when we step into these unknown things, as long as we understand ourself and our strengths, it's easier to step into that unknown with a little bit of confidence. When we go from one organization to another, it might be a stretch position. It might be, you might not have a clue about 30% of that role. But if you step in with that 70% that you know you have in the bag, you can step into that organization with confidence and you can say, hey, this is what I don't know, but I do know this really, really well and how I'm going to be able to make an impact. So really, that story is all about just knowing yourself, knowing that I have the confidence to stand on stage and speak with confidence. That's all I had. Am I going to be funny? Who knows? (laughs) You know, but it's something I'm going to have to work on. But yeah, that's all I'd have to say about my my first comedy experience. But I think we're going to have a, a few more in our future. We have to. I, I got to at least see your, your bit on comedy. I got to put myself out there also. And I think this relates in some ways. You know, we're talking about Hacker Valley Blue. And one of the things that I love most about work is introducing play into work. There's always opportunities to spice things up in cybersecurity. We're so serious sometimes and focused on the analysis and the threat and the repercussions of what happens if an attack were to breach our networks. But there's opportunities to lighten the the mood in your environment, whether you're playing and introducing a bit of comedy into work 
or doing something team building related. I feel like with the digital transformation that we're going through right now, everyone switching to Zooms, we need to double down on these opportunities to become better speakers, communicators, storytellers, and even comedians. I cannot wait to get into this entire season. We're going to be talking about knowing your business, knowing your team, knowing your story, and ultimately knowing yourself. I cannot wait to talk to all of these great folks, talk a little bit about cybersecurity, talk a little bit about philosophy and all the great things that we usually talk about on Hacker Valley. But what are you looking forward to most, Ron? I'm looking forward to the guests, the interactions, and also communicating with all of the amazing listeners. We get tons of valuable feedback from you all. We actually have a part on our website where you can leave us feedback. If there is an episode that strikes a chord with you, drop us a message. We'll respond. We would love to hear what do you think of all of the content and also all of our great guests. And we love to hear when everybody binges the the season. If you binge the season, please let us know on social media. Uh, You'll be able to jump right to the next episode uh, and go through the entire season if you want And we would really appreciate it if you felt so inclined to share this with a friend, send this over an email, or even talk about this over a cup of coffee. It really appreciates us just to keep the conversation going in our community. Yes, I cannot wait to kick this off. Episode one in the books, and we'll see everyone on episode two. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.